locked on to DRN1 and DRN1 United tonight. This is Soundbites, and I'm joined, as always, by our good friend Peter. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Russell, yourself? I'm good. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, yeah. We took All because a, a Russell break. was sick. Yeah, but... I'm glad to see you're feeling a lot better now. You have to, don't you? Gotta get over that bug. Oh yeah, you don't want the lurgy hanging no, around. No, no, definitely not the phlegm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, two weeks ago we talked about space. We did a space part one. Yeah, the space race. And uh, we thought, well, why not just do the space part two? Yeah, well, underlying the whole space race was the. Cold War, as everybody knows, and on top of that, the whole Cold War was uh, over different types of um, politics and, and governmental systems. So um, they wanted to control space. Well, it it really was uh, a number of things. So whoever could um, master the ability to be able to put things into orbit and um, uh, not only just put things into orbit, but to to control space as sure. such, uh, would control the universe yeah, that well, would control Earth. Well, the, the thing was is that it it improved their ability to perform a, a first strike, uh, a nuclear strike, if they had to. Because up until we were able to launch things into space, we didn't have the, uh, you know, what we call intercontinental ballistic missiles. Yep. So, and up until um, we could, could do that, we could actually shoot down missiles. They had limited range, so it was hard to bring them close enough. That's where, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the, um, the 60s where we had the Cuban Missile Crisis where the Russians sent um, nuclear missiles to, to um, Cuba. Uh, and, and the reason why that was so controversial was because they were finally, they had nuclear weapons within striking distance of the US mainland. Um, and so, of course, the whole space race, even though... Uh, it, it was about technological achievement and pushing the limits of what we knew. Um, underlying it all was that political um, cold war of uh, which system of government was better, the communist, the capitalist. Uh, and and where we left off last time was is that uh, the Americans were the first to make it to the moon. And, and that sort of put a full stop in, you know. Yes, who, but Russia sent the dog to the space first. Well, Poor old Laika. So if you plan on... I, I wouldn't be surprised they sent women first to the space. Well, too. they did. Yeah. Valentina... Uh, no, you're testing my memory from <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> Val- we'll just call her Valentina. Valentina. Um, Valentina, she, The yeah. one that died in space. No, uh, no. Uh, you go into the conspiracy. We have no idea whether that was a true recording of uh, a oh, female cosmonaut. On. It has to have been. Why? Just because I said so. Oh, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, why well, you're, you're trying to find some information for last week. I'm trying to remember last name. But it was Valentina. I'm sure it started with a K. Uh, anyway, uh, Tereshnikov. That's oh, that it. did not start with a K. Tereshnikova. <laughs> awesome. So, look, the space race has been. Yeah, but, so. But the thing is, the space race is still going. It, it never stopped. Um, and it was interesting because. Uh, really, Russia's space um, or, or moon missions took a huge setback back in the mid-60s where their lead rocket designer, um, Korolev, uh, I can't remember his uh, first name, uh, Korolev, he passed away unexpectedly. He was going in for some uh, heart surgery and um, he never made it out. So either um, they can design rockets or they can't fix hearts. Yeah, I tell you. So, um, and so that set them back. And that, But they did continue. Like, so there were more advancements that happened after the moon landing. So, awesome. 
So even in 1970, so the USSR were the first uh, to bring back moon samples. Um, uh, and they also were the first to achieve a soft landing on another planet, being Venus with their Venera 7 um, program. Ex- explain what a soft landing is. So what it is that the... the <laughs> Sounds the, dirty. No, well, it, it, what it is meant to be, well, what it is, not meant to be, what it is is when a, a spacecraft lands safely on another planet, which is actually quite hard to do. It's not as yeah, easy. But I thought the, the, oh, the moon's not classified as a planet, is it? No. So, okay. We'll no. give it to you. We'll yeah. give it to you. Moon, moon is a generic term. Okay, well, we'll just give it to them, okay? Yes. <laughs> so, Even though I reckon the moon should be classified as a planet. Why? It's a rock in space. Everything's <laughs> wrong in space. Yeah, well, well, no, <laughs> some things are gas giants and gaseous uh, planets. Yeah, but they must have a solid at in the core. Not so much solid, but because they're so big, uh, the pressures condense the gases so much that uh, it, it, it's like a solid. It's like a solid. So we couldn't find, we couldn't get Voyager and flight straight and flight straight straight. No, it would. The pressures would. Crush it, just like when a submarine goes too far below the ocean um, and it exceeds its structural... So if you're trying to chase the Klingons, you know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just got to hope that your ship has a, been built better than the, than theirs, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's get off of Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek I do love my sci-fi. All that kind of stuff. Let's, um, what we should do is we should quickly take a quick break and then when we come back, we are going to jump into 1971. Ooh. Um, but because uh, someone has a favourite artist, I, I love the vamps. You love the vamps. Well, we got the vamps with their song "Chemicals." Stick around, stay tuned. You locked on to DRM One. This is Soundbites. RN One supporting local artists from day one. Give your business a fresh look with Hepburn Print and Design. From product packaging, logo design, and Photoshop editing. Hepburn Print and Design are ready to grow your business with a fresh look. Visit hepburnprint.com.au to speak with one of our graphic designers today. Give your business a fresh look with Hepburn Print and Design. If you've ever tried to sell your car before, you'll know how challenging it can be. The buying team at Scarborough Toyota have made it simple. If you're ready to sell your car, all you have to do is see the helpful team at Scarborough Toyota and bring along with you your driver's licence, car rego and the payout figure for your finance if you have it. The Scarborough Toyota team will sort it and they'll buy your car from you that same day. It's that easy. If you're looking to sell, come and speak to the team at Scarborough Toyota. See them on 297 Scarborough Beach Road, Osmond Park or visit scarboroughtoyota.com.au. Oh, what a feeling. Toyota, DL1761. Are you trying to live your best life but your health is letting you down? Do you feel like your health needs an overhaul but you don't know where to start? Welcome to Maylands Wellness, the home of self-care, health and wellness. We offer a holistic and personalised approach. Our passionate team includes an integrative GP, naturopath, nutritionist, chiropractor, kinesiologist, Feldenkrais and remedial massage. We are here to help, so call 92710177 or book online at www.maylandswellness.com.au. Streaming around the world, this is Soundbites on DRN1 and DRN1 United tonight. We're talk- looking at space. We might be streaming around the universe. Who knows? We could be. You never those know. Those aliens, they're <laughs> picking us up. Well, you know, if those alien abduction stories are right, you never know where we've been. Well, but, I've already uh, lost a finger, so... Yeah. 
Who but, knows? But, well, was it from aliens, though? <laughs> it could be. It could be. You never know. We never know. <laughs> okay, talking about aliens. Let's talk about... We're not talking about uh, 1971. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if Russia actually is Russia. It could be aliens. It's definitely Russia. So, <laughs> <laughs> How do we know? Not They're not aliens. We don't. Yeah, we, 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 we sort of do. Russians. Yeah, we sort of do. <laughs> have we done a DNA test, have we? <laughs> Plenty. Okay. Yeah, plenty. Let's, let's get me out of this hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, dig up. <laughs> so, um, dig left. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, uh, we're picking up from our last episode, which was the end of the uh, space race, I suppose. When I you um, say end of the universe. Well, no, when we when we got to the moon, you know, so yep. the, the, the lunar goal was achieved. And you've got to remember at the time, actually the, the populations of both Russia and, and the USA uh, leading up to the lunar landing, they didn't actually have a big appetite for these programs. They felt that they were a huge uh, waste of money, that they weren't... Uh, but they are a waste of money. Not really. For every dollar that is spent uh, on a NASA program, uh, it returns something like 7 or $9 back into the US economy. So Yeah, but if you think about Earth and looking after Earth, um, it doesn't really do that pollutes the earth a lot. No, it's the other way around because if you can, like that's what Jeff Bezos's um, theory is, is that if we can move everything off earth, then we can make earth a residential zone um, and we can do all our industry in space, we can do everything else in space. And so we can what if I want to go shopping, I have to go to space? No, you're, you being, just, you're being you facetious. Just said, you just said residential, which means no commercial operations. You're being facetious. <laughs> well, you never know. If he if he can get his uh, warehouses in orbit, he can get stuff to you a lot faster than oh, yeah, we yeah. currently can. Missile. Well, missile alert. <laughs> no, it's not a missile. If it's a if it's a it's um, av- reusable it, rocket, yeah. It's an it's a um I was gonna say Avon, it's uh Amazon it's an Amazon Sky rocket. Well, that's what that's what one of the things will be. Yeah, no thanks. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want Amazon but, in space. But we. But it has provided us with a whole heap of new technologies, which are helping people. It pays the space rental. What? Well, you've got to rent a, just like in Earth. You 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 buy a spot of, of Earth. Next, they're going to be selling space. You know, there's a lot of it though. Yeah, yeah, but like, there's a real lot of it. But that's okay. There's, 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 I'm sure there's there prime is, real estate. There is. <laughs> Lots and lots of it. So, prime real estate, people. Prime real estate. All right. Well, look, if someone comes knocking on your door trying to sell you some... Space. Space. Be careful. Yeah, maybe just sort of politely let them... And then, and then, like, in 100 years when people actually are actually buying a piece of space, we're going to be going back going, uh... It's funny you mention that because there are companies uh, that do sell... You can buy plots on the moon, plots yep. on Mars. You can actually buy stars. How they, but how are they actually validating that you own a piece of that moon or that well, they, piece they, of they, that star? They give you a little, like... That certificate, certificate is just a piece of paper. It means nothing. Oh yeah, no. There's no. It's not legally binding. Oh well, see, there's the problem. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that there are people who are doing this Baking. scam, yeah. and they're actually they're actually making a bit of money out of Look, it. Look, if so. you want to buy a piece of Mars from me, feel free to contact the station, and we will sell you a piece of Mars. Will they get a certificate? We'll give you a certificate too. A certificate of <laughs> authenticity. Absolutely, it will be called Mars One. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the space race. <laughs> so, so the political environment at the time was was also changing. So, um, especially in the seventies, there were a number of changes that were happening in the US, and there was a number of changes that were happening in um, the Soviet Union. So, 
what was then happening is, is that the majority of the programs were facing were, were, were focusing, I should say, more on orbital um, programs, uh, and only a few things were, uh, such as sending off probes and and um, spacecraft to right. other to, to other other planets in our solar system. You're in a mood, Russell. <laughs> you no, probably well, had too much of that decongestion medicine. <laughs> most likely. Um, but what did they probe? Oh, they probed atmospheres and they probed surfaces. Um, they love their probing. They, they Definitely have... in space. Oh, <laughs> okay. Awesome. But the interesting thing about 1971 is, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but the USA Marin- Mariner... Nine is the first spacecraft to orbit another planet, yeah. Mars, yeah. Um, on the 13th of November. Then, funny enough, the USSR was not going to be one-ups there. No. They were like, oh, well, well, see, we've already done a soft landing on another planet. Let's just go and do it on Mars for fun. Yeah, they'd figured it out. Now, did they use the same uh, capsule or aircraft or spacecraft, or did well, they use a different one? Well, no, uh, but it wasn't reusable, was it? No, no. So, the the one that landed on Venus is still there. It's still there, and if if it is still there, it's in a really bad state of decay. We should send SpaceX there to go and collect it and bring it back to the USSR and say recycle you, it. You'd probably only have like a handful of rusted metal now, if yeah. if there's even that left. But they've polluted Venus, the goddess. You, you you're really focused on this pollution, so. To give you the equivalent, it is like if I put a little piece of foil on the entire surface of the entire planet yep. and said this whole planet is now ruined. Yep, we do that to the moon, the Mars. Moving on. <laughs> so, so yes, so the USSR soft landed the first spacecraft on Mars uh, a month later after the US um, you, had a spacecraft orbit Mars. Interesting, though, that we have never seen a picture since, like, okay, yes, there might be pictures of the spacecraft out there, yeah. but... What had the China send a rover to Mars? We've had the USS, the USA send a rover to Mars. We've had SpaceX help with that, I think, maybe, or coming soon. Coming soon. Um, but we've had people send other crafts to Mars yeah, and yeah, land yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet there's been no USSR craft that they've taken a screenshot of. You would think they would land them together. No, but... We already know what's happening at the points we've already landed. Like Mars is big. It's, I know, but even though comparative as a planet, it's small. It's still big. instead of polluting the whole thing, just pollute a little bit. Still the same amount of rubbish we were leaving on it. It's not rubbish. Have we collected any of these back? It's necessary rubbish. Really? No, <laughs> they're not really. Let's be honest. No, but when we go there, we can clean up the place. Do you really think we would? Actually, we probably will have to reuse some of the stuff that's there. Um, I don't know what for, but. Well, the first rover that we sent, the not the USSR one, but the US one, that ended up breaking because of the dust. Well, that yeah, the the regolith on all these planets, apart from Earth, Earth, uh, is actually quite damaging to our machinery. Uh, if you look at um, uh, the Mars rovers, the early ones, um, even their wheels are disintegrating from the the regolith. So, it's have we learned anything from that though? Have we have we designed better wheels? Yeah, we. <laughs> like, that's the whole point of this. These like it, would, it would really not be good if we're sending a rover to Mars. 
Yeah, but for you like the fifth that, time. That rover's yeah. over 15 years old. I yeah. mean, it, it, even wheels here on Earth don't last that well. What, what are these ones made out of? Rubber? No, these are, are a mesh. They're like a stainless steel mesh. And they think that will last the dust particles? Maybe. Because but, dust can filter through them. Yeah, but it's not really dust. It's the regolith is is, is all sorts of like um, harsh metals, crystals like uh, ground up crystal. And they want to send humans there where that could no, just. No, we're gonna. That could, that, that's just what's on the surface. You can clean it up. Yeah, but imagine that, that big dust storm, and all of a sudden a crystal comes at you. It's not rock size. Oh, <laughs> anyway, I love just you. It would die. <laughs> okay, let's jump over to 1973. Uh, the US pioneered 10 of the first spacecraft to fly by Jupiter uh, on the 3rd of December. Now, that's a pretty cool date. It is because the Pioneer program was was uh, the first time we actually started sending probes further out. So so now we're going past the inner solar system, yep. so which is the first four planets, the rocky planets, sure. and we're heading to the... Uh, latter four, which are our gaseous, gaseous planets. Yep. Um, so it's the Jupiter, the Saturn, the um, Uranus, and Neptune. Well, that's fantastic. I think, like, if you're yeah. probing further out, then you must have. Well, this is the first time you must have communications. Yeah, and we do, and we had that. You know, do we ever sort sort out or solve how they send a sound wave in space? Well, it's just a transmission. It's just electromagnetic transmission. We did that in the did. in the aliens <laughs> episode. Anyway, uh, let's just jump into the USA. Also launched the first space station. Yes, Sky now Lab. this this will scare you, the people, if you're into Terminators and no, all that all that sky something sky. What do they call it? Skynet. Sky well, Sky Labs. It's a piece of Skynet. No, it's not. In fact, if anything is further from Skynet, Skylab was it. It was really just a redesigned um, Apollo oh. rocket. Um, so they basically created an interior which uh, some of the uh, American astronauts could work in and they conducted a, a series of experiments in there. And they forgot to put a swimming pool in it. It's pretty hard to have water in a pool in a zero-gravity Spin environment. Spin it around and create fake gravity. They do that in space. Yeah, you know, that's not as easy as it sounds because you have to have... So there are several constructs. So there's something called an O'Neill cylinder, which is a very, very big round uh, cylinder and it spins so people will stick to the sides of the wall creating artificial gravity. But it has to be of a certain diameter because what happens if it's not wide enough, and we're talking... Massive wide. We're sure. not talking about five, ten meters. We're talking Talk about kilometers. Yeah. So if it's not wide enough, then your feet are spinning at a faster rate than your head, which means that you're going to be suffering from nausea all Sounds day long. Sounds fun. <sighs> anyway, it does sound fun. I I would like to do it on a roller coaster. They should actually. But would you like to do it day and night? Try to sleep like that well, every time well, you wake well, surely, up. You surely they can do experiments on Earth. Um. <laughs> Yeah, they have. That's how we know it has to be. <laughs> Funny cool. enough, though, uh, we're going to jump to 1975. Both the USA and the USSR completed their first international docking um, in space with their respective Apollo and Soyuz spacecraft. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but that was hilarious. <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> docking. What's so funny about docking? So this is actually the beginning of the first... Um, uh, 
the, the first series of cooperative programs that the US and the USSR engaged in. Um, and I believe they had some issues with it. Because, or was that the International Space Station? They had some power issues because one country does something, one type of thing. But they had to have a unified... Well, they, yeah, they always, yeah. So um, there was the, an issue with with the space station. I think it was the Mir space station had uh, a few power issues, um, and that was part. That was due to its. Uh, there, there was a device connected to its battery that, on a certain time of every day, that the solar panels would recharge all the batteries. But this device was tripping, which meant that the batteries were never charging when it was supposed to, uh, and they had to abandon the space station until they could actually send up a repair crew to investigate what the issue was and then fix it and then get the whole space station up and running and did again. It, did the space station end up staying up there for very long? Um, the Mir didn't come down till it was the late 80s, I think. Okay, so I'll, have to, I'll have to double check. We're mostly jumping way ahead. Yeah. But we'll get, but we'll get to but that. There you go. We'll, but we'll anyway, so this one. So this was, this was the first time that, um, you know, the USA and the USSR sort of came together. And, and it wasn't an easy uh, arrangement, you know, not only did you have to get these two spacecraft that weren't designed by the same people, not only did you have to get them to dock, but everything had to fit so you wouldn't lose atmosphere in, sure. in, a, in a poorly fitting dock, uh, docking latch. Um, Got to make sure those latches are docked. So, but they, <laughs> did, it. It. they, did, they it. did it. We yeah. do have a sound clip, so we play the sound clip. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Less than five metres distance. Three metres. Three metres. Well, there you go. There's uh, all countries and peoples on Earth, and he got to turn on the camera. Yeah, so the, you know they they shared gifts, they shared a meal. Uh, all this and then they stabbed each other in the back. No, they didn't do any of that sort of stuff. the 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 thing was is that really what was um, happening um, on a Cold War front was is that both countries now had the ability to annihilate each other, and that is what is underlying the whole. It's mut- always a good thing, isn't it? Well. If, Essentially, if one, that's if, what is what the whole what they call mutually assured destruction or MAD strategy is. No one, um, and even Ronald Reagan, even though we're not into the eighties yet, even he said that the best deterrent is not that you have the most weapons. That what it is is that someone will go, I can attack them, but the retribution will be so bad that it's not worth me doing it. But the thing is, if you if they if it's so bad that it's not worth you doing it, then why invent it? No, that, because you're still going to wipe out the universe. All it takes is one crazy person to happy at this. Well, yeah, and well, we, there's we, no we, doubt about that. But we're the, lucky that that didn't happen 
a few but, years but ago. See, that's what the whole Cold War is about. And that's what a lot of people are sort of suggesting the whole space race was about, was who would have this, um, who, who would get there first. Yep. And if two countries, two opposing countries got there at the same time, then that mutually assured destruction or that mad strategy um, would ensure that neither country would be the aggressor. Um, they would not be the instigator. They wouldn't start it. But each knew that if, if they did, that n- there would be no survivor either way. So, yep. uh, And a lot of people, uh, and I don't know if I truly agree with it, but oh, you know, so you, it, it's worked it so far. Um, but like you actually just said, and I do actually agree with you, all you need is some nutbag. And we do now have more and more countries. Having nutbags. Having nutbags. And not only that, but also being nuclear armed. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, what a risk we have. Anyway, well, let's, um, we should take a break because we could. that's a whole different show. It is a different uh, show. We, we might talk about nuclear arms one day. Uh, but we are going to take a trip down to Italy. <gasps> I know. Oh. And you're home, you're home away from home. Yeah, where my ancestors um, come from. Absolutely. Now, these are the winners of Eurovision 2021. <gasps> yeah. Congratulations. Here it is. I can't pronounce your name, but it's Meniskin. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your name is, uh, but for people who who might just wonder what music this is, this is rock music, people. Uh, so stick around. Your sound bites will continue. Mount what? Punk rock. Oh, let's just call it metal. All right. It's 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 going to be hard in your ears, so you might want to turn it down for three minutes and five seconds. <laughs> stick around. Stay junior locked on to sound bites. We are back talking about space. The space race, and we're. we're Coming to the end of the 1970s. So this is the era where we had just come through the um, oil crisis. So where um, fuel and petrol... Um, Crashed and burned. Yeah, and it became excessively expensive. So it, we refer to it as the energy crisis, but it was the oil and fuel crisis. Well, we only just had a few months ago, or maybe earlier this year, where oil actually paid you money for buying it. <laughs> that was late last year when um, people weren't using enough oil and there was nowhere to store it, so no they one wanted it. They paid us to have it. Yeah. It's well, great. I, 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 wish, I wish I could have brought some then. Actually, I would have you would paid need for it. it. Yeah, you need to have the storage <laughs> ability to get paid for it. So, uh, it's only um, virtual. Yeah, well. Um, okay. So, so this is so if you if you think of that era, so here we had the Soviet Union, um, or uh, and you had all the various countries uh, of the Iron Block, um, or behind the Iron Curtain, as they used to call it, um, and it wasn't in great shape. Um, it was suffering suffering terribly economically. Uh, it had had a number of sanctions put against it, um, and some of the smaller countries within the um, uh, Eastern Bloc uh, were, were also, you know, starting to, wanting to break away, that sort of stuff. But equally, the US was facing difficulties with um, their economy. So after the Second World War, where they had a boom economy for multiple decades, it started slowing down. And in fact, um, Jimmy Carter, who was the president at the time, started talking about uh, Americans would have to learn to start being a bit more restrictive, being a bit less um, um, consumerism orientated and that sort of thing, which didn't sit well with um, the capitalist philosophy of consumption. So uh, it came to no surprise that at the next election, He he was voted out and incomes were Ronald Reagan, and he's like, spend up big and let's keep the party going. And you, know, you can only spend it if you've got the money to spend. No, you can borrow against your house, you can get a second mortgage, you can 
you know, spend, spend, spend. There's okay. no reason why the little woman should be at home. She should be working. The husband can get a second job. The kids can be working. Okay, Let's straight labour. Okay, yeah, awesome. so everyone keep working. <laughs> and <laughs> and more importantly, spending. So, um, so, so that was the sort of period that things were in. Um, and, and actually, uh, it wasn't soon after um, Ronald Reagan was elected uh, that he started wanting to make a lot of reforms um, to uh, the space race and sure. the American military um, because it had been on a uh, – uh, under the the Carter years, there had been a lot of cutbacks to spending, yep. uh, and so he wanted to ramp all that up again. So he wanted to spend up big. So yeah, so so here we are in the nineteen eighties. So uh, and in nineteen eighty one, we saw the first reusable spacecraft, which was uh, the space shuttle program, uh, and the first one was the Columbia, which they launched um, on April twelfth uh, in nineteen eighty one, and I think we've got. A we do clip. have a sound clip. Let me just make sure I play the right one. Here it is. It's not as fun without the visuals. Yeah, is without it? the visuals. So you've got all the people cheering and laughing, and some people have started crying and joy and happiness. Let, and let's just be real. This in the in the nineteen eighty ones, this would have been all over TV, everywhere. and radio, everywhere. So you would have just experienced a little bit of being in nineteen eighty one. Just then. yeah, well, like uh, uh, yeah, and being. at that time, I mean, it's not like you could just stop anywhere and no. pull out your phone and watch it. You'd actually have to go to a television. Turn on the on yeah. the dial, and you'd have to tune it into the TV. You'd yeah. have to get your satellite dish out, maybe. Well, not that, that complex. You'd have to <laughs> maybe get the wheel out and start... Oh, no. start, start <laughs> we had electricity back then. Oh, it wasn't you push pedal? To, yeah, you didn't oh, have to damn. generate it or anything like that. So, oh. um, but it was the first time that um, we'd gone, we'd moved away from the disposable rockets of the Apollo, the Soyuz era, and we were moving towards reusable. Sadly, unfortunately, the special program didn't really reduce launch costs no, it as much. It made um, it more expensive in a way. Uh, they had to repair a lot of it. Well, yeah. The, so the, the heat shield under the space shuttle had to be um, inspected and repaired and replaced. a lot of times replaced. Uh, but not only that, um, what a lot of people don't um, might not remember is that with the space shuttle, the space shuttle was an orbiter, uh, but it also had rockets underneath it. So I don't know if you remember, at the back of the space shuttle, it had three main rockets. Yep. Um, and so you had the solid fuel boosters uh, that it w- that would send it up in space, but the spatial rockets also had to fire as well uh, to get the whole thing in orbit. Um, and so every time the spatial came down, those rockets had to be removed, they had to be serviced, and then they'd have to be reinstalled. So it would take uh, several months between being able uh, to launch a spatial. So it wasn't like like today with the um, Blue Origin and with SpaceX, you can land it straight back on a launch pad, refuel it, and off it can go again. Yeah, but let's be real. That's there's there's a big difference. Between oh, huge the, I mean, between the technology, like yeah. we're talking about a rocket that's not really attached to anything. It's just like you've got the capsule and the capsule yeah. goes out versus a ship, like a Boeing ship, like an aircraft almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pushing this 
craft out to space then somehow having to control it when it comes back in. Yeah, but what will happen, especially with SpaceX and with Blue Origin when they eventually get there, um, is is that uh, what will sit on top of those rockets is either the um, uh, the Starship or the um, – what's the capsule they've got? Uh, I can't remember. Gosh, uh, there's so many yeah. names of everything. There's lots and lots of things. But the, yeah. the thing is, like, let's be real. It feels like we've kind of gone back instead of forward. Because the the Space Shuttle Columbia design was really a spacecraft. Like, it was really, truly a rocket inside a spacecraft. It was almost like a Voyager without being a Voyager, um, if that makes sense. Instead, now we've, um, got, now we've got this rocket that shoots off and this ship that's tiny. Like, come on, go back to the old style. No, the, the Starship is massive. Yeah, but it hasn't launched yet. Yeah, but that's because they're still testing the thing. And it does have rockets in it. But we had one that worked. Okay, yes, it exploded too. No, but it's not just that. It it wasn't it, – it was not capable of going into – like we expect the starships to go all the way to Mars and back, whereas um, the space shuttle couldn't go beyond Earth's orbit. Yeah. You couldn't fly – you couldn't even fly it to the moon and back. So it's interesting, 18, 16 hours ago, this is breaking news, the FAA defends SpaceX in front of Congress despite unauthorised spaceship launched. So they've broken the law, broken, broken the rules. But that's a different topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just Googled it. Just so yeah. it's, it's interesting, the Starship thing. I just, I don't know. I just feel like we, how we've, missed, we've, we've taken a step back. We haven't. We've gone forward in leaps no. and bounds. I'm just a, I'm just a look a, a viewer. Yeah. I think that we've gone back. <laughs> yeah, but you can't just say that without substantiating it. It looks nothing like the Columbia spacecraft, and it doesn't look. How are you going to land that in space? In in back in Earth, it lands on its base. I've seen very few uh, few examples, and they keep exploding. Two exploded. The third succeeded. Okay, well, we'll wait. <laughs> I don't see this going to be any safer than anything else. Okay, so when it is. Then I'll eat my words. Okay. Okay. Can we fast forward and can you eat words now? No. Because they've already gotten that. Let's let's rewind and go back to the eighties. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to eighty-one. So so in the same year that the U.S. launched the Space Shuttle Columbia, um, the USSR um, launched two probes to Venus, the Venera thirteen and fourteen. Um, they both uh, soft landed on the planet. But what was really important, or exciting, I think anyway, is that Venera 14 actually recorded the very first sounds we ever captured of another planet. Yep, and we've got that for you right now. Take a listen. Okay, there we go. That's an interesting sound. Yeah, so I, I know it just sounds like wind past a you know microphone, but the the thing was is that that's the sound of another planet. It's not Earth. It's not the Moon. It's actually another planet with a different atmosphere. Um, and and I yeah, I think it's it's quite exciting. It was the first time that we ever recorded the sounds of another planet. So so then 
really, I mean, whilst there were a lot of programs that occurred between 1981 and 1986, um, what was really more important that was happening was the political changes that were happening. So um, we saw in the USSR especially, so we saw almost the end of the old guard, the the old communist regime. Um, Yuri Andropov had passed on. Um, Konstantin uh, Shinyenko uh, had also passed on. He was only there for about a year, and in fact, in a very short period of time, they had three um, premiers. And then finally, we, we ended up with Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, and he was instrumental in trying to address the problems that Russia was going through at the time. Um, and he uh, uh, introduced two main um, strategies, one being perestroika, which was uh, uh, in English yep. means restructuring, and glasnost, which means openness or transparency. Sure. Um, he did have a third one of Gosmen Priyanka, um, which is a, like a quality assurance program. But um, most people re- will remember um, perestroika and, and glasnost. Um, Except me, because I wasn't around that time. Well, actually, in 1986 we're talking. Yeah, so it's 1986. Yeah, before I, before so my mo- time. So most people might remember or might uh, have heard of those terms. Um, and what was happening is, is that as Russia was desperately trying to um, become a bit more Western-like in its um, um, uh, restructuring, uh, a bit more transparent, so um, like our most yep. of our journalists, I don't know about recently, but uh, yeah. in the past our journalists were able to scrutinise government policy, scrutinise government behaviour, um, scrutinise government spending. Um, in no, Russia... They definitely can't they, do that now. They couldn't do that, but but un, under um, Glasnost, um, they could start doing that in Russia. Yep. And so, so the government was becoming more accountable. Um, businesses had to uh, be a bit more innovative. So government... Um, so under the communist regime, the communist government told them what to build, how much to build, yep. uh, that sort of thing, whereas they were saying, right, now we're going to allow you to decide what is best for your company your organisation. We will still fund it, it will still be a government entity, but it will run like a private business. Well, it's going to be interesting. On a side note for a second, it will be interesting at the next federal election what happens. So we'll be watching this space because a lot of people are upset at some people. Um, Anyway. That's always around election time. We might might talk about that in another episode. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's move on to 19... 88, is that correct? No, 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 no. 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 We're going to so, go back, stay back in 1987. Yeah, so before we get to that bit, so, so I'll ramp up to that. Um, so what was happening was is that Ronald Reagan also introduced what he called his Strategic Defence Initiative. Yes. So what that was meant to do was one of two things. One, um, and, and people might remember it from, it, it was nicknamed the Star Wars program. So he typical, wanted to put, typical, typical. Yeah, so he wanted to put lasers in space that could shoot down these ICBMs and stuff like that. And a lot of people Not at the time... a bad time, idea. Well, a lot of people at the time said that it was beyond um, the USA's technical abilities to be able to do it. The funding would be astronomical. Um, and some people actually believed that he sort of promoted it and went through that whole... Um, exercise in an effort to try and get the Soviets to keep up and therefore try to bankrupt them. Um, and, yeah, well, and, and some people think... can't really bankrupt a company. Com- well, you can. Not really. They just print more money. Yeah, but then you end up in a situation where you create hyperinflation, which we've seen in uh, Venezuela. Need, the governments don't need to pay their bills. Anyway, so the important thing was is that you're like, ah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So come um, on, let's be real. They don't. So, so, but the but what it did do, and and this is where um, 
Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, with his um, uh, strategies of perestroika and glasnost, uh, was doing was is that um, it, it was helping to actually to because th- that mentality that westernising um, the Soviet Union was happening. Um, you, you then started seeing pressure from, as I said before, a lot of the Eastern Bloc countries were were starting to get a bit tired of being constantly held back. Yeah. Um, and so in 1987, this, that's when uh, President Ronald Reagan went to um, West Berlin because back then Berlin was um, separated into, well, Germany used to be East and West Germany and Berlin was East and West Berlin. So sure. he went to West Berlin and he stood at... Um, the Brandenburg Gate, and he made that famous speech where he challenged President Mikhail Gorbachev uh, to tear down this wall, uh, and that was on the 12th of June. I think we've got the sound clip for that. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Well, there you go. That's tear down this wall. And so, it, it did tear down. Yeah, so it, it wasn't straight away. Um, oh, so what not? happened, it was, it was a couple of years later. He should have um, just had some explosives and just blown it up. Well, the, the Berlin Wall was... Uh, Falling down. No, it wasn't. It was it was actually very um, rigidly built, and it wasn't just the wall. There was also uh, barriers after the wall, and then there yep. was a no man's land, and there there was electric fence. So somehow this thing ended up coming down. Well, it because did, of the and, and, we'll, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so, um, so. Uh, after that, um, so whilst things were happening in the Soviet Union, they had also developed their own um, space shuttle. Um, okay. So the USSR created their own. Uh, and a lot of people actually think that it was a huge improvement on the American space shuttle. In fact, they said if there was ever going to be a second version of the space shuttle, the Russian version would have been it. So, um, and the Russians is that good? It was it was very good. So the, the Russian program, it was the Buran Space Orbiter. Um, and so the... Uh, and it was launched by um, their system, so it was the Energia rocket system. Um, so to give you an idea, so I don't know if you remember, I was talking about the the space shuttle and how the space shuttle had rockets behind it to help lift it into orbit. Yeah, I've actually got a picture of it right here. Yeah, so the Buran um, uh, was actually considered payload for the Energia rocket system or the launch system. So they didn't need rockets on the Buran. So what they did is they put jet engines on the back instead. So the Buran was able to fly unlike the shuttle, which was a glider in yeah. orbit. So um, so uh, the Buran was able to be um, ta- could take off from any airport and land at any airport. Uh, when it was returning to Earth, it could fly itself. It didn't need to just glide so it could go wherever it needed to go. But it was also able to fly itself. So it was one of the very first self-flying uh, spacecraft, and in fact, its first test and its only test, I'm afraid, uh, in 1988, um, 
which was a suborbital test. Uh, but when it came back down to Earth, it actually flew itself and landed on a runway. So why was it the only test and why was it the only flight? Because unfortunately at that stage, that's when um, the USSR started to break up. So uh, not oh. long after... Um, in 1989, so um, the US's Voyager 2 spacecraft flew by Neptune and in November 9th, the Berlin Wall came down. And actually, it wasn't meant to. It wasn't meant to. No. What, what had happened was, um, at the time, is that the, the uh, USSR was holding a press conference about, you know, they were going to open up. They were going to dismantle the wall. They started talking about it, um, and, but they didn't brief the person who was doing the press conference uh, on the exact timeline. And so... Um, when one of the journalists said, so when is this happening? He sort of started ruffling through his papers and he went, well, I guess it's effective immediately. And that's when people on both sides started hammering at the wall and started tearing it down themselves. So, um, and, and there's so much video on yeah. when the Berlin Wall came down. Uh, but it was the first time where a lot of people on the east and the west side were able to reunite with family yeah. uh, and to... And at the end of the day, it was a good day or good night. I think it was great. <laughs> it was great. It, it was the beginning but of. It could have been a little bit better. Like, uh, like okay, yes, it was. Uh, the way it happened was ast- astonishing, and I don't think you could make it better. But I think they would like to have made it a bit more formal and a bit more yeah, polished, so probably, a bit more like two leaders yeah, coming together, shaking yeah, hands, you know, and and you know, lifting having, up the border or bulldozing yeah, it shaking together. hands and yeah, you know, let's break this wall together and they both have ceremonial hammers. And but, <laughs> but this time it was just the people. The, the people, people did it. And actually... And you the know, press person. <laughs> well, the press, well, it was well quite, done to the press person. Well, it was quite funny because that also was the beginning of the entire breakup of the, um, of the Soviet Union. A shame um, though, they should have sold the technology to the US. What technology? The ship. The Buran. Yes, they should have sold it. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the US wanted to 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 buy it. I mean, for them, if when they were to create their own Mark II of the the space shuttle, they probably would have. Did they have AI driving? Well, I don't know, and I don't think I was it was AI say, that's, driving. That's pretty cool that it had AI driving. Yeah, the Buran actually it could lift more into space. So whereas the um, the space shuttle orbiters could um, take ninety ton, um, the Buran could take a hundred ton. Um, oh, only ten more tons. Yeah, but that's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm just saying, come on, yeah. Russia, you could have done at least another twenty. Yeah, but you know, uh, and, and on top of that, it had ejection seats. Um, oh, you got to have those these days. Yeah. So, but they only worked in all, in uh, in the atmosphere. So oh, they didn't want the space? Well, where would you go? <laughs> yeah, so. No, no. It, it, wouldn't it be funny, though, if it more like the Jetsons? Where, where they, you they fall into a little car and it floats you down. Something like that. <laughs> there you go. That, that's a little project for you on the weekend to design that. A Jetson car. Yeah, well, well you know. SpaceX doesn't need space. They've got Tesla. Make Tesla flying cars. Come on. Well, there, there is that Tesla that's floating out there somewhere. Yeah, in space, well, the roadster. I think that was a waste of... Yeah, anyway. so... so and anyway, so the 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 falling of the Berlin Wall um, started the whole um, collapse of uh, what was originally called um, the Brezhnev Doctrine, which was um, what the whole Soviet Union was about. So countries such as Hungary uh, and Poland and uh, a couple of the others, um, in the past, whenever they sort of said, listen, we're leaving, the USSR would send in the troops and say, no, you're staying exactly where you are. Yeah. 
Um, but this time, uh, especially Hungary was the first, I think, uh, if I remember my history correctly, um, they sort of said, right, we're, we're not going to be part of the Iron Curtain. When we're, we're going to come out, basically. Um, and the USSR did nothing. And so that led to all the other countries then saying, well, if they can do it, we can do it. And, and so that's when the Iron Curtain came down. Yeah. But we are so close to running out of time, so we're not going to take another break. We're going to try to get through this as smoothly as possible, just like some spacecraft <laughs> flying in the air. Um, where are we? We are talking about uh, 1990s. Uh, we yeah. ha- Well, in 1989, the US Voyager 2, uh, of course, launched and flew past Neptune on the 24th of August. Of course, we've already said that it, the Berlin Wall fell down. down. But in 1990, the US and European Space Agencies launched the, the Hubble, Hubble Space, Space Teleco- Telescope. telescope. Yeah. Well, what did I say? Telephone. Telescope. It's, it's a telephone. <laughs> yeah, so the first space telescope. So um, it did need a few repairs over the years, but it has provided us with so many images and given us so much information about deep space and, and, and all of that. Yeah. Um, We've also but, had a, um, uh, I can't pronounce that word. Galileo? That's the one. Oh, the US Galileo, the, the first um, spacecraft to orbit Jupiter. Why did they call it Galileo? Well, he was a famous uh, astronomer. Or was he, yes? <laughs> Galileo Galilei. I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll do, we'll do a, we'll Sorry, do a show on him. I'm, I'm going to save my dumb blonde moment for no, a second. No, that's all right. <laughs> But I think what was really exciting was that in 1998, we saw the commencement. So this is, again, a cooperative effort between Russia and the USA and the first modules of what we now refer to as the International Space Station started construction. Good and, on them. And from there, uh, other countries such as Japan, the EU, Brazil and Canada all assisted in building the International Space Station. But no China. No. But they have started building their own. In fact, they've just sent three astronauts uh, up to to start turning it on. Have they got IKEA sets? (laughs) Yeah, so they're going to be building their furniture, (laughs) Um, putting a little pot plant in the window. You've got to wonder if if Russia's going to help them. Well, they have. They they have been assisting them in the development of their technology, their space technology. Okay, so it's it's China and Russia space station. No, it's definitely China. Um, so no Russian parts. No. no well, Russian I don't know about. I don't know whether they've given them actual hardware, but I know that they've certainly assisted them with the design and development of it. You really not like a leak in that spacecraft. <laughs> well, you don't want a leak in any spacecraft. So <laughs> anyway, uh, well, so. China, China. Look, uh, they make some good products, I guess. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Well, there's nothing yeah, to laugh yeah, at. They, no, they, nothing. They, they can make a space station. They can make a flat screen TV. <laughs> there you go, because, you know, that's comparable technology. <laughs> so in 2000, the US and Russia sent their first crew to occupy the International Space Station. Um, hang, on, hang on, hang on. They started building it in 1998, yet they only put it on, like they only started putting people in there in 2000. Yeah, we, it, you know, you sort were of have to send bits up and then they all have were to they be... scared of the Y2K bug? ...joined together and you've got to test it all and then you've got to power it and, and not all the modules were up there straight away. Could you imagine if it was powered by Bing and then it goes, Bing! 
Every time you turn the spacecraft on. Mm, I, I could just see those poor astronauts and cosmonauts going a bit crazy over Welcome to Bing ISS. Oh, no way, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Bing ISS. So, <laughs> Sorry, system crash. So, so really, and there were a number of other firsts that came uh, towards the end um, of, of that whole mission. So where we're now, where we're at now is that most governments now have their own space agencies. Um, and I found that quite fascinating when I was looking through and I was researching this. Um, it's not like 46 countries now have their own official space agencies. That doesn't mean that they all have their own space launch capacity capability, no. but they have an agency which they either partner with one of the big, um, bigger agencies or contribute to. Well, you've got to fund it somehow, and well, the best way to fund it by just saying, oh, by the way, your country is now a space station country, so you better give us some money. Yeah, but you know, surprisingly, as there are that many um, government-based space agencies, we now have over 45 private space companies. So we all know of Elon Musk's um, yeah. SpaceX, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic. Um, you still got to pay the license fee. Yeah, there's <laughs> Boeing, Northrop Government, uh, Grunman, uh, Sierra Nevada, Lockheed Martin, the Ariane Group, on. and the list goes on. So, um, and you too can start your own space station for nine ninety nine. Well, you know, you know, you joke about it. Not that you could start a space station. Um, you could but, okay. You could start a rocket no, factory, but people can actually have their little tiny satellites. So these things are like small little cubes, you know. And you can launch it into space. And you can have it launched into space. Yeah, do you know how much that cost? I didn't say it was cheap, but... What am I going to do with that satellite? Am I going to be able to connect it to internet? Maybe. I don't think so. Not no, yet. I don't think so either. Uh, will I be able to spy on Russia? Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be spying on anybody if I was you. I <laughs> Certainly you, not another country. I bet you they actually look at your square satellite tube or whatever you want to call it, and I bet you they Cube actually... Set. They, I bet you they actually check whether it's a spying tool or yeah, something it's like that. Good, yeah, yeah, I, bet you, I bet you're not allowed to. I bet your terms of service says you can't do this, 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 this. I'm sure there is lots of that sort of stuff and what it has to be made out of and it can't be this and it can't be that. And it can't come back to Earth and burn up. Well, no, it would burn up because yeah. it's only small, so it'll completely disintegrate in our atmosphere. Well, you need a way to keep pushing it out in space so it stays up there. Yeah, that's not as easy as it sounds. Helium balloon. <laughs> Okay. It won't stay up there. It, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, funny, so... Funny so, yeah, so the space race continues. The so, space race does continue. Um, we, we recently heard this week Jeff Bezos is ready to <laughs> launch a rocket into space. Yep. <laughs> Good I, on him. Personally... It'll be his first. Well is there, done. Is there anything that... No, I can't say that about him. He's, he'll come and... He'll get his Amazon bots after me. Yeah, but... Yeah, um, but SpaceX real. is going gung-ho with, at Buca Chica, which is their um, launch facility and, and construction facility. They're building more and more starships. They brought the whole town. Oh, look, they have... They, They're going really hard Yeah, this. they are. And they have some really interesting time frames. Uh, they want to start sending um, the starship to Mars or in... 2024, um, which is uh, the next time Mars will be close to us is um, is in 2024. So at the moment it yeah. is, then it moves away from us, then but it comes. You know back. the interesting thing here, like I talked earlier about the FFA defends uh, SpaceX in front of Congress despite unauthorized sp- st- uh, Starship launch. Guess who wasn't there or who wasn't invited? Elon, SpaceX, and Elon. Oh. But guess who was there? All the others. Why were they all there? Well. 
That sounds a bit unfair. That sounds very unfair and a very un un United States of America. Actually, no, it sounds like every government. Yeah, every government. Whoever. Every government that doesn't like someone, they leave them out. But well, the thing is, though, is, is that with um, Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos's, uh, he's a, he's an evil man. Well, yeah, why do you say that? Because he's got that evil look on his face all yeah, the time. Like, no, he might just have a really bad case of resting bitch face. <laughs> That doesn't mean he's evil. No, because he was the reason, or he was allegedly one of the reasons, that SpaceX $2 billion space contract got paused because of they weren't disputing the contract being awarded to them. They were disputing the procedure of the way that he got awarded. Yeah, but that, which, that doesn't indicate that he's an evil person. No, he's an he's evil just person. A, he, can't, he can't squash SpaceX legitimately, so he'll squash them financially. Because you take away that $2 billion and guess what? Their SpaceX needs to fund all that research. But is that a function of a person being evil or is yep, that a function totally. of a person being a capitalist? Well, he's the richest man in the world, so... Yeah, well, and that's how he's he got... He's a greedy, greedy man. Yeah, but that's how he got to be the richest man in the world. Oh, look, I'm not defending. I don't, I don't want to defend Jeff Bezos. He doesn't need me to defend him. Um, he doesn't have the passion that Elon has. Well, how do you know that? Because Elon started it first. <laughs> Just because they haven't gone at the same pace, like, like and Elon wants to to look after us humans. Apparently, yeah, no. But Jeff Blue Origin is operating on a different type of um, management and project management structure. They do what is called a waterfall approach. So as they achieve one thing, they then start working on the next thing. Then they start working on the next thing. So they, they're taking a slow and methodical approach to it all, whereas Elon works on an iterative um, project management structure, which means that he has five or six things going on at the same time. And, and as one finishes and succeeds, it then is already feeding into and plugs straight into something else that's halfway through development, which is already going to feed into the next thing that's halfway through. Well, I think the next thing that Elon needs to do is this Neuralink thing. So uh, Elon, just get... Get the you, you, uh, Neuralink. Um, I'm trying to find it. Neuralink. You want it plugged into your brain? I want it. Well, I, I, I'm not quite sure yet. Well, then Neuralink. why are you telling him to hurry up with it? Because I want to see if I can control a car with it. Why do you want to control a car? Well, if a car's AI and my brain's AI, then what's what am I? Just a shell for Elon to put whatever he once into my brain. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Yeah. Uh, this has been another I think episode. you've definitely taken too much of that cough, cough syrup. <laughs> Chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, Elon Musk has lots of brilliant startups that he's doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He nearly went bankrupt. Yeah, now he's the second richest man in the world. But not as good as Jeff Bezos when it comes to money, money management. <laughs> because Jeff is number well, one. You, you think that he's failing because he's only the second richest man in the world? Totally. Okay. I bet, well, you, I bet you that's what they compare themselves to. Yeah, Elon, I, bet, I bet Elon cries himself to sleep every Elon night, but he's tanked. only got like $500 billion as opposed to $501 billion. Well, Elon keeps saying, I bet you the space, and Jeff says, I got more money than you. And then Elon's like, yeah, but I'm better than you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure none of that is actually fact-checked. Well, allegedly, in my opinion, that's what happens. Yeah, you, just, you, know, you need to qualify what's your opinion and belief and what you're so presenting get, as facts. Just so I don't get sued by Jeff Bezos because he'll squash me if we could be the richest man. 
<laughs> he wouldn't need to squash you with with anything. You just go. Here's a million dollars. You're just send one of the Blue Origins to land on the on the building. <laughs> on the, well, at least we'll be in space. Uh, <laughs> You'll be burnt to a crisp on the planet's surface. But parts of me will be in the space. It won't be if he lands a ship on you. <laughs> Anyway, this has been Soundbites for another week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure to have have you here. Thank you. It's always crazy to have me it's here. It's always crazy time at Soundbites. Uh, it is. But if you want to listen to any of our episodes, head over to our website, drm1.com.au forward slash shows forward slash Soundbites, or you can download the app on iPhone and the brand new app on Android where you can access all of the shows in one Gorgeous place. Um, <laughs> you laughed at that. It was like it was cute. It was good. Oh, it was cute. Yes. If you and if your app does crash, uh, let us know. <laughs> like yeah, if it crashes, like one of Elon's rushed rockets. <laughs> well, remember, I rang you up and said uh, the. App I know was, you were so excited about that. And like, can you tell me if it crashes? <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk, I'm, I'm your prototype. You hire me. Yeah, yeah. You stand by that phone. I bet it's going to ring any any second. Hey, at least I got it fixed and out as quickly as that. You did. You did faster than Elon Musk can repair his rocket. Shh, he doesn't repair them. They they're built again. Yeah, they have to be rebuilt. <laughs> anyway, if you want, I've said that already. If you want to find us on Facebook, head over to DRM One Live on Facebook, and we should. Well, I keep saying we have a soundbites Facebook page coming soon. Oh. Well, it's coming soon. <laughs> um, we'll get around to it when we get around to it. Just yeah. like Jeff Bezos when he gets to Mars. <laughs> He's not going to Mars. He wants to get to space. He's going to have to space. He's not going to Mars. He said that he wants to get in his first air rocket to space. Just, space is not I, Mars. I would really laugh. Like, not, okay, laugh ha-ha now, but not laugh ha-ha then. If Jeff Bezos's first trip to space ended up like the spacecraft that blows up, the richest man in the world died on his rocket. You would laugh at that. Well, I laugh now. I wouldn't laugh then. You shouldn't laugh now. But it was kind of funny now. No, it's not. It is. You should not wish ill on other people. But it would just be like Amazon. Deliver your products properly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I I'm backing away from all of that. That's that's not nothing I'm supporting. That's <laughs> You're like, no. I think we need to wrap this up and you need to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're out of here for another week. Uh We'll talk about Space Force next. No, we won't. <laughs> no, why not? <laughs> no, you we're wanna... moving on. We're going to pick another topic. What what's, what's, what's next week? I am really keen. Yep. And I don't know if this is going to be interesting for anybody else, <laughs> but I've got a week to think about it. I'm really keen to do the various origins of humanoids that have lived on the planet. Humanoids like androids? <laughs> the various Homo sapien, Homo erectus... Um, Homosexuals. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Australopithecus, there was Asperensis, there was a okay. whole heap of them. So I'm all keen to those, look at all of them and all the Neanderthals. Of the, all of those words except for the, the Thandersaurs. Neanderthals. Uh, whatever. Which is actually pronounced Neanderthals. If Neanderthals. You pronounce, yeah, Neanderthals. There you go. If I you're pronouncing that one it correctly. correctly. A lot of people just say Neanderthals. Besides everyone else, I don't know... That's the only one I knew. So there you go. Um, it will be an educational, informational session. I think that would be interesting. Wait, to see how we I won't have any that. sounds though, because we've got no recordings of them back then. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to be like, what? 
There you go. <laughs> so Rebecca Michael Russell goes, what? There you go. And then Jay, and, and Pete's like, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jeff, we wish you all the best in getting your Blue Origin up. Um, and <laughs> Elon Musk, get to Mars. Hurry up. Like, like just, oh, and beat, beat Jeff. Be just, safe. Be beat, safe, but get us to space and Mars and everywhere else we want to go. Just beat Jeff to space first so that Jeff can't hold that over you. Well, he already has. What, Elon must have been to space. Yeah. When? Well, not him personally, no, but I'm his saying, rockets no, have. I'm saying him personally. And he sent people to the International Space Station. Oh, no, that's back. amazing. So he's he's beat Jeff in all those regards. Yeah, but he hasn't sent himself to space. He needs to send himself to space. Yeah, somebody needs to get a hold of his diary and just put in go to space. I reckon he can't. Because you know how they say that you have to train for space and train really, like, really hard, and sometimes you don't make the cut. Yeah. I reckon maybe his body is not capable of doing it. I don't know. I wonder if Jeff's body will be capable of doing it because he's quite old. Well, he's definitely going. How is Him, it? his brother, and he's raffling off the third seat. But what if it... What if he... Who gets to decide that he's not fit for flight? Well, I think you can't tell the owner of the company that you can't go if he wants to go. Oh, I'm sure that someone at would be able to tell them. We'll find out in... Won't be when, me. Well, it might be the FFA. FFAA. Could be. Could you be. never know. Could be NASA. Because they have to lease a piece of part to fly off at. Mm. Can't just fly off anywhere. <laughs> Can you? No, you can't just, you can't just go... You know, I'm know. bored today. I think I'm, you know, I don't know, feeling cute, might launch a rocket, don't know. You know, you can't just go in a ship and, you know. Why not? Well, first of all, you've got to get a launch window to make sure you're not going to smash into anything on your way up. And then you've got to also make <laughs> sure that <laughs> that's an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to launch into. A coffee fit. We're out of here. Bye-bye. <laughs>